Welcome back to the Steph Gordon Show podcast. Guys, today I am so excited to be on the mic again after a few weeks off, actually, um, having a bit of surgery and not feeling 100% got the COVID bug, which was really gross, but um, so like energized and ready to be back. And I'm so honored that this guest today has joined me and is giving me life already. I already feel so much better. Ashley, Jade, the influencer, the content creator, the influencer coach, like, babe, is there anything you can't do? Like stage presenter, model, (laughs) like, oh my God, the queen of like beauty and energy and authenticity personified. I am so honored that you are here with me today. Girl, my cheekbones are hurting already from smiling. Stop. (laughs) Oh gosh, I just love you, Steph. And it is so cool to be here on your podcast. Thank you for having me. So excited. So excited. So I always kick off with the same question. So who is Ashley Jade and what does a day in your life look like? Ooh. So she is an influencer and a influencer coach as well, but there's more to her than that. So yes, you may see a version of me on social media, but there is so many different facets to me and there's a lot of depth to me as well. And I'm kind of right now on this spiritual journey where I'm really just peeling back the layers and getting to know who I really am and why I have carved out the way that I am today and and trying to, yeah, work on my inner self and be a better person and be a be a better friend, better lover, better, <laughs> better all the things. And yeah, but I have been in the influencer game for over 10 years now. I um kind of fell into that accidentally. I was a brand ambassador for brands on Facebook. That used to be the platform that I would use a lot. And then um, I would post all my photo shoots and everything. And brands saw that I was very active and I was being published in magazines and on online platforms as well. Obviously, you're a total 10 out of 10. Like, But I chase things. So I would constantly be looking for things, looking for online competitions. My background was beauty pageants and bikini competitions. So I was like, right, when's the next one? Because I got on this winning streak and I just, I was addicted to the the thrill of it, of being on stage and and the preparation and the lead up and the build up and and then the win. And there was a, a period for a while there where it was quite dark and lonely because so what I noticed is when you start winning or doing well, people then see you as a threat or competition. And I didn't understand that because to me, I'm like, oh, we're all in this together. We're all just giving it a go and we're just here to like do our best. And people would literally walk into the room where a comp was and be like, oh, Ashie's here. What's the point? We may as well go home. And that to me, I just would go into this little shell. And so there's been like a lot of unpacking of those feelings that I just suppressed over the years from those comp days. Um, So yeah, I think doing competitions and getting that validation from winning because I was never really good at anything else. So I don't think so anyway, like that. And that's what I've been unpacking. So um. (laughs) I love that you're on this journey because 
like when when I first started doing it, and I think like it, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're talking about is the identity work because yeah. we think that over the years, like we do just like we try on all these masks and outfits from you know bikini pageants to working promotions on stage, um, yeah. and, you know, being maybe like I, I don't know, I think you were like a red a Red Bull girl, or like a monster of- energy girl. So energy. I was that for quite a few years. Yeah, we travel around Australia, and that was the best. We'd be a pit girl, like we'd be on track all the time. Like, it was so fun. Yeah. In heels for 12 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, so fun. <laughs> but like the, the reality is that we do, we wear so many different types of like, you know, coats over the years. And, and you know, now it's, it's like, you know, small business owner and an influencer coach and, you know, and small business champion as well and, and still influencer at the same time. And we have all these different identities that we put on over the years, you know, whether it's popular girl at school or loser or emo or whatever it is that you identified with as you were growing up. And, mm. and over the years, we've, we've got a culmination of all these identities of who we think we are, but sometimes yeah. they're not true or sometimes they're not truly taking us to the next level. So I love that you are doing the work right now. Thank you. <laughs> it might feel like sometimes you're in the messy middle. And I think that, you know, when you're in it, you're like, okay, but actually who the fuck am I? <laughs> yeah, because I realized, you know, there is more to me. And that was, I think, when I started transitioning my Instagram. So I was just posting fitness and bikini photos. And then there was this point where I thought, you know what, I'm not going to be doing this forever. There is more to me than looking hot. And I'm saying this with quotation marks. Um, and I wanted to show that there is more to me than that. I have so many different stories behind me that I've never shared. There's so many things like people learn something new about me every day. And so, yeah, I want to open up more into that. And so it's been a very slow progress over the years, but I feel like I've really dived into it in the last year since working for myself full time. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, being in business is like, I mean, I know that you'll definitely agree with this, but being in business is just the most confronting mirror you'll ever lose. The only reason that you won't be able to level up at some stage is because of the stories that you're telling yourself. And yeah, really unpack where those stories have come from and how we created them and how we move past them and getting all those tools in your tool belt. Like it's a really confronting thing. And anyone who's listening that is in business right now, you will feel that in such a deep and emotional level. And it doesn't matter who you are. You could be Steph Gordon, you could be Ashley Jade. And like, you don't get to skip this part of business, unfortunately, like everyone has to go through it. So I love that. Well, you would know, Steph, I went through that last year where it was my first year and it got to about August last year. And I'd always heard people talk about burnout, but I never knew what it was. I was just like, oh yeah, you get exhausted. Cool. Like get through it. But then it happened to me because I was taking on so many projects and doing things to help others, but which is what I'm all about. But then I wasn't doing anything that I needed to do for me as well. And then I just hit this dark, like rock bottom for what felt like three months and I couldn't get out of it. You checking up on me and I'm just like, I just can't, like I can't right now. And now I understand what that means. And there are things that you can do uh, to prevent that from happening because it wasn't a fun time and I never want to go there again. Um, but yeah, and it is hard. Yeah. People who talk about burnout, you, until you have it, you don't really understand how, why you want to avoid it so badly. Like mm. Really hit it. I've hit it a couple of times in my in my career. Once you've hit it, you're like, oh, I never want to be here ever again. No. Really debilitating. So, tell me, as an entrepreneur, what did you sell to make your very first dollar? Well, it was actually you who helped me. So, <laughs> I'm not sure though. I was like, I wonder if it was me that yeah. was to do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't include 
the social media stuff, would I? I probably would. I would. Okay. You money, that was your money that you were making. Like- okay. Okay. So let's go back to that then. Because I was also asked this question recently and I was like, oh, when I did influencer coaching. So then I'll go back more. It was when I was doing brand collaborations and so I don't even know what year it was. And at that time, you were just doing it for free. Like brands would send things out and it was like, oh my God, like this brand knows who I am. What the hell? And so you just say, yes, yes, yes. To obviously things that are exciting to you. And then there was a brand that I started being an ambassador for, and then they had an incentive program, like an affiliate program, but they also paid you as well. So you got paid plus an affiliate on top of that. And I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So I was like, I'm getting paid to use this product and talk about it and take photos with it. How cool is that? Um, so I remember when I first, yeah, got dollars into my bank account and I was like, I'm making it. <laughs> and crazy, because there was a day, there was a time where influence mm. was a thing. No, there weren't. No, big, and it, so I've kind of seen it transition over the years where it was collaborations, um, but there wasn't even a word for it back then. It was like, hey, can we send you this? And you take a photo. And you're like, okay, cool, like easy. And then you got collaborations. And then now it's turned into this full production where so much goes into it and planning and styling and editing. And it, it's a full-on production. Yeah. It's not as easy as just taking a quick little pic and posting it to the gram anymore. Totally. Damn it. Why did they make it so hard for us? No. <laughs> Um, like I said, we, like we, you know, we really do love to kind of get into the behind the scenes and, and actually like, obviously I know I've worked with you and as a client and, and even as a friend and I've seen like what you do in the back end and something that Tim and I always like discuss, uh, randomly. <laughs> we don't discuss you all the time, don't stress, but. Why not? No, <laughs> <laughs> but when we do, the thing that we're often talking about is how insane it is the amount of effort that you put into each and every partnership. And you've had some massive partnerships with like Pepsi and some really big brands and the amount of time, it's almost like a full video production company that you end up putting together to make these things go. And I guess to really do the work to help them get their name out there. So I, I wanted to know, what really goes into the behind the scenes of prepping? Because I would say, yes, you're an influencer, but more than that, I think more importantly than that, in that space, you're a content creator. Yeah, I am a content creator and I know I'm very lucky and privileged to have my husband, Alex, who his job is a full-time photographer. So that's a perfect match right there. And I have him to take my photos, but I've also picked so many things up along the way that now I'm okay with going out with my tripod and take my own photos. And most of the video stuff I do on my own now and all the editing and everything. But I that took years of picking up and learning how to do that and what works, what doesn't. But let's say if you were to organize a photo shoot. So if a brand was going to go out and organize a photo shoot, they would have to organize a makeup artist, a hairstylist, probably an events coordinator for the day, someone that runs snacks, like a stylist, a photographer, videographer, what else? You had to pay for hiring of a location, your props, all that jazz. That's I do all of that. So I'm your in-house all of those things above. And so we'll get a brief and obviously I need to say yes to it. So it's like, I, I knock back things all the time. My manager just spoke to me the other day and was like, remember that time when you turned away a $5,000 job? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> because I, I need to get excited by it. And he was like, yeah, damn, but 
you know, good on you for holding your integrity, but you need to be excited by it. So um, let's say, what have I got here? So I have a highlighter. So let's say we're going to do a shoot for this beautiful highlighter collection. And I have to do videos on how amazing these highlighters are. Let's say it's a back to school collection or something. And so I'll probably have to come up with a whole concept and how it is that I'm using it, show that during the end result and everything. You plan like a vision board, so I'll do that. So I need to pretty much when I get a brief, I'll already visualize how that will come together. If I don't get that image in my head straight away and I can already feel it's going to be a struggle, that's when I know that the job's a no for me because it all kind of just comes to me naturally. So then um, I'll draw up a vision board and we'll do scene by scene. So we'll film it or photograph it, whatever it is, and then we'll go back. We'll start editing it, so I'll put it together. Um, I need to also find a song that matches it, whether that's royalty-free, so then I pay for uh, a royalty-free platform. So it's like all those little things that we also pay subscriptions for so that we can provide like outstanding content. Um, And then, yeah, edit that. So the editing process is what takes the longest then we'll package it up. I'll caption it. So all the copy of everything, let's say that's a reel, a 30 second reel can take me hours. So it's the filming, the editing, and then the packaging it up. And by packaging, I mean like I'm submitting it for approval to the client. So that will go to my manager. He'll send it off. So that will have, yeah, your stories, your caption, um, making sure all the links and the discount code and everything is correct. And then I wait to see if I go live. So then I go back to my calendar and I see where it can fit in with my schedule. And then I can make sure that I have nothing on around that time so that I can engage and post and not be distracted by anything around me. <laughs> it's crazy to think that that much work goes into it. And I mean, when you watch it, guys, if you don't already follow Ashley Jade, which I'm sure that you do, but if you don't, go and have a look. But if, when you see the production quality, even getting the lighting right and getting the yeah. quality right and all of that. It's it's so much work that goes into it. I think that, you know, when people these days are going onto these like Facebook groups or to companies like The Right Fit and they're trying to find an influencer and they're trying to get something for free and it's like you get what you pay for. Like I'm sure for things where you're doing production like for companies, like huge companies, you know, there's there's tens of thousands of dollars um, on the table for you to take that. You I know, wish it was that much. That- <laughs> Okay, maybe not. You're like, they're willing. I will take it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like we've I've already done the the collab side but I've done that hard yards for so this is what my second year doing this full time now the only way I can work is if I'm compensated financially for it. And so I can only take on a certain amount so that you know, my page isn't an advertising board and I just take on those select few and know that I can give it 110%. Especially now that you have your other business, other half yeah. where you coach. Yeah. It's like you have to have time for your clients. You have to have time to show up. You have to have time for your own social media. You have to have time for yourself and your partner and like your dog and everybody else in your world that needs you and still going to events. I saw that you were away maybe last weekend or the weekend before. Yeah. <laughs> still having all of the like stuff going on as well. You know, it's a lot to kind of cram in. Do you think that there's a misconception about influencers in the absolutely oh god before you even finish answering that question absolutely i mean news pages they just put the word influencer in their title the person may not even be an influencer they may be a person of influence but they still get like hated on in the comments so i i think i put it down to just not knowing enough about it 
or that, you know, in every industry, there's always one person in the office or in that group that stuffs it up for everybody, you know? And so there, I, 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 like there has been influences where they don't do things the, the right way, whatever the right way may be, but they don't conduct themselves in a way that yeah, you know, would keep the public happy. Um, there is a lot of controversy around influencers. Some are very polarizing. Um, and people just love to hate on them. I mean, every time I'm published in something, people hate on me and I'm like, cool, that's sick. <laughs> yeah, people are cruel, man. Do you think that TV shows like Byron Bay's are doing content creators a service or a disservice? So I watched two episodes of this. Same. And- I just watched one and a half because I've got to stop. This is not my fault. And I mean, come on, it's scripted. If anyone says it's not, we don't go to parties like that. I mean, I think it might be different in the US. Absolutely. I'd love to go and be an influencer in the US because I just think it's a completely different ballgame. And in Australia, they don't accept that it's a job. But over there, that's what, like, they have hype houses. People move into a house to create content. That's what they do. So they're creators. So you've got videographers, photographers, and they have a content creation schedule. Like it's a real thing. Can you imagine if that was in Australia? Be, like they had the biggest case of tall poppy syndrome that they would hate all up on us even more. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's make a hype house. <laughs> I was like, so next, next thing on the list. <laughs> yeah, next thing on the list. So there is, and I think they just think that we get things for free and yeah, there would be influencers out there that that's all they want to do. They would see that the people that they idolize or put up on this pedestal, like, oh, they got this or they got to work with this brand. Well, that's what I aspire to be and do. But the free clothes aren't going to pay for your bills and they're not going to pay your mortgage. And when you start to accept so many things, you start to drown in it. You start to realize, I don't have space for this. You start to think about your contribution to what you're holding on to and what you're putting out to the environment and stuff and realizing that there is so much wastage. And so like I barely take on PR packages anymore, for example. So yeah, there's this massive misconception. And and when the word misinfluences come up, people love to hate on them. Yeah, I get this. I mean, like, I, I totally feel you on the environment thing. I'm definitely not an influencer, but things do arrive at my house. Um, and how do people have your address? You know, I, someone in my team is That's giving. That's not me right. Out. Yeah, but things do. They just arrive at my house, and so things happen. And I, and I really look at like all the packaging that comes through, and oh, it's just this. It's just stuff. You know, yeah. and like you get so much stuff and you're like, what am I going to do with all this stuff? And I actually know you used to do drives, didn't you? Or like giveaway, care package giveaways. Or yeah, to- because I had so much. So I had, and because so I get really overwhelmed by packages. Um, I was talking about this the other day to somebody where I might go, if I buy a new phone or a laptop, it'll sit in the package for three weeks. I won't open it because I get package overwhelmed. Same with parcels. They will sit there. And it's not that I'm ungrateful. I just... I know that work is attached to that. So nothing is ever sent as a gift. Even though they say it's a gift, there's an attached expectation because that's the influencer industry. So a PR package, the whole point of a PR package is so that it's an unboxing experience, an experience that you capture because everything is now content. So I know that I need to then create good lighting. I need to kind of be in the mood for... Make sure your nail is done and like... Yeah, make sure that... Can you imagine if I'm like showing a product and I've got these skanky nails and <laughs> and then people are like, Ugh. Yeah, that's another thing. Like when I'm filming and stuff, I make sure that I'm 
well groomed and all that kind of thing. Um, but yeah. <laughs> It is. I don't know we're laughing about it, but it truly is. Like as somebody who, and I, I want to talk about the difference between an influencer and a person of influence, because yeah. as somebody who I think has seen um, myself as a, as a person of influence, you know, cause I do, I have an influence over our audience. Like yeah. if, if I give a, a piece of advice out for someone to work with somebody, the likelihood is like, our, you know, my accountant got fully booked, <laughs> like, you know, or yeah. whatever it might be. Like, you know, it's, we do have that ability to be a person of influence, but if you want me to influence for you, you got like another thing coming because I'm terrible at that stuff because I can't be bothered with the hair and the makeup and the nails and the lighting and the yada yada. And I just do a shit job of it. So I just hate doing it. Like I just feel really, really like bad if someone asks me to influence for them. I will always say no. So talk to me about the difference in your mind between an influencer and a person of influence. Okay. So I would say an influencer is someone who has the ability. So they, they build a trust with their audience and they can basically I don't want to say persuade, but influence. It's, re- it's it's persuading them to reach for their pocket and purchase something. Like that's what the definition is if you look it up on Google. But also I would say that I'm also a person of influence because I'm able to, you know, lead others onto small businesses. But again, that's reaching for your pocket kind of thing. But I share things because I've built that trust with my audience. People then trust my recommendations and so they're like, well, I want to support who you support because I trust you. So being able to do that, I think, is a different level. Whereas some people just like to follow influencers because they like their outfits for their inspos. So it's getting inspiration from different influencers for different things. You've got like home styling accounts. There's there's so many different things that you can follow and get inspiration from that it's like I buy things all the time from other influencers that I've seen post on their page. So I would say that and then a person of influence is somebody like you, Steph, who has this I don't know, I feel like you captivate a whole community and not just like in Perth but wide and far. And I feel like you have people under a spell. Like <laughs> I'm yes. I'm constantly seeing your name. You're the person that whenever I'm in Facebook groups and someone asks for a business coach, your name is sung out loud and proud. And that is having influence. You have helped these businesses get to where they are and you have given them proven results and shown them how to do something. And so you've helped them get there. They've done the work. They've done it themselves. And you've influenced them in that way to take their business to the next level. So I think it's all different. There's different versions of it. Um, And yeah, you're that person that people think of straight away. And that's what you want to be. Like you want to be that go-to person that people think of straight away. Love that. Thank you, babe. And I think that um, like from my perspective, I think that one thing that influencers are really good at that people of like people of influence are not good at is that you guys are really good at content creation. You know, I agree, and that guys are you're really good at content creation you're really good at like understanding angles and lighting and and, and what their audience is going to receive really well and creating content based on that you're like yeah your job actually is so creative like and i people of influence often myself like i didn't get where i am because i'm creative i got where i am because i'm really fucking good at what i do and that's got nothing to do with helping other people sell their shit like i yeah. mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know that's I mean? true i love that yeah. So I think that there's a very clear distinction as well. And I want to really touch on this because I think that we see it so often in my purpose and private mastermind that people are like, oh, I want to work with an influencer and that person has a big following, but that person may not have an influence at all mm. in the audience, right? Like they might just yeah. have a lot of followers, but 
those followers are going to mean nothing if they don't trust that person or if they're if they start promoting highlighters as an example um and they're you know usually into I don't know, racing cars, then it's going to fall completely on deaf ears. It doesn't matter how many followers they have. You know, if Daniel Ricciardo started posting about highlighters, it would be fucking weird. Like it would be so bizarre and and it wouldn't make any sense and they wouldn't buy them because they wouldn't be like, these are the highlighters that were approved by Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. Like yeah, it so it needs to land and be aligned for both. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, Showing up on Instagram stories and just flipping this back to like our clients and the clientele who are going to probably be listening to this the most, they're small business owners um, Mm. or just getting started in their business and they need to show up on their stories, but it's something that they're absolutely terrified of. But you come across as so confident. Uh, I know it's been years in the making, but was this always the case? I used to be somebody who would not even put my hand up in the classroom. I was very loud in the playground and around my friends, but I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to be heard because that was something that I was told, just be quiet (laughs) all my life. So it took into like I was 17 to start coming out of my shell a bit more and speaking out about things, maybe 18, a bit later. And yeah, so it was a work in progress and it wasn't until Snapchat came about and I just jumped on the app and I didn't really follow too many people that were talking to camera, but I just started doing it and I started vlogging my day. And I didn't care if like 10 people were watching or 50 or however many it got to, hundreds, thousands. Um, But you start off with zero and then you just keep doing it and then people start catching on and recommending and start remembering your face like oh Ashley Jade talks about this or she's going to Mexico next month like I want to see the preparation in the lead up to that how cool um so to get there like sometimes I would just have to put my phone up to my face and record it a couple of times or what I would do is know what I'm going to say so you're not just going to go on your phone and like, hey guys, I'm just jumping on here today because, um, and you want to kind of have an idea of what it is that you want to talk about. So like, oh my gosh, I have to show you this amazing lip gloss that we're launching very soon. I cannot wait. There are three flavors that are coming out. Can you guess which ones they are? And then you could do like play with the features of it. Just like, it can be short, quick and snappy don't have to go into like a hey da, 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 like just like hey da, like very quick get excited or whatever feels natural to you but just know your message totally it almost just feels like when people are jumping on and they're doing that hey i just wanted to jump on and like talk about this it feels like they're always asking for permission to be on the space to be using yeah taking the space and I think we see that so much with women that we don't want to take up too much space when we're too loud we don't want to draw too much attention to ourselves but actually in the social media digital world it's almost like you need to step into like a little alter ego mm-hmm. and be okay with taking up a little bit of space and be okay with being like hey I just got off a conversation with one of my clients and this is something that's really bugging me right now you know and yeah. jump and talk to it straight away like you don't have to be like yeah. Hey, so I just thought I'd jump on because I was actually just getting off a call and like the first 30 seconds of your story is just talking about like leading up to what you're like, you're going to lose people and like capturing them straight away. Like you said, like, Hey, this new lip gloss, like it just, it's straight into it. It's like they know what's in it for them. Um, and they know what, why they should be listening and why that's important to them. And, and if they're not interested, they can tap along, which is great. Yeah, totally. 
in the first, they're not wasting their first 30 seconds just waiting for you to like drop the mic. Get, to, get to the point. Yeah. I try and just keep it to three story frames of if I'm talking to camera and then I'll do like a still, I'll mix it up. So it's just not like string, string, string of me talking to camera because people get bored and they don't want to sit there listening. Or if people don't have captions on their stories, I will skip through. Like you need to have captions I, on your stories. 100%. Um, yeah. And I didn't realize the amount of non-hearing people that follow me I had and when I started using captions people were like oh my god can I just say thank you so much thank you so much for just going that extra mile just because that's really helpful to me so just think about things like that and plus you might have a lot of mums I know that you've got a lot of small businesses that listen to your podcast a lot of mums will be listening or watching stories while they're breastfeeding or doing tasks and they just want to read what's on the screen. It might be in the middle of the night, you know. So going back to that, just mixing it up a little bit. But I feel like when you think of your story as a newspaper headline, so the first line I will say to capture their attention, you could even say, I need your help with something. Oh my gosh. And go into it. Like whatever it is. Um, yeah, try and get creative and like talk to one person rather than, Hey guys, talk to that one person. So it feels like they're having a one-on-one with you. Mm, so good. So good. So the confidence was something. And I love the fact that when you started kind of putting face to camera, it actually wasn't about trying to sell something. And I think there's that reminder, guys, like especially if you're not confident showing up on your stories right now, like don't start with trying to sell your stuff. Like, because that's going to be yeah, the most no. confident time. Just start with like, hey, I'm going to show you a day in the life of today. Yeah. And, you know, like and you started with a vlog, a daily vlog. Like yeah, just on your doing. stories and it could be a mixture. So the first thing to camera could be, Hey, I'm going to take you along. Like you just said, and then you could mix it up throughout the day. You could do unpacking orders. You could show the clients that you're having meetings with that day, like mix it up and make the person watching your story feel like they're on a bit of a journey with you, but you don't have to jump straight into like selling your products because people will be able to see that along the way. And if you're doing an unboxing or something like that, or unpacking or packing orders, it kind of will sell itself. They're like, oh, what's that? What's that in the background? People notice things that you didn't even realize. Like something would be in the background of my story and they'll be like, hey, can you just send me a photo of that? Where is it? And what is it? Like how much was it? Where's it from? Uh, <laughs> you become people's like online shop actually. Yeah, yeah. I should just have links and like affiliates to all these things. <laughs> So we know that um, and something that we teach, obviously, is influencer marketing because we really believe in the power of leveraging somebody's audience to be able to get more eyeballs on your stuff. Like realistically, mm. you want sales in your business. Like people have to see it. They have to know about it. Like you have to get them out there. And one of the best and easiest ways to do that is to pay somebody that has an audience. And, and what you're actually paying for is, yes, to leverage their audience, but also like you were talking about before, that content creation portion of it as well. Um, and, yeah. and doing it in a way that's actually going to be authentic and aligned to your own audience so that they actually want to buy it, which is really yeah. Cool. But I know that a lot of people probably reach out to you to collaborate. Can you just tell me one of the worst ways that you've been asked to collaborate? Like what is something that stuck out to you? You don't have to say who or what it looked like, but something that maybe stuck out to you that was like, oh, this is so awkward or like, oh, it's just gross. Like I'm never going to do the it. Yeah. I was asked to be involved in a shoot. This is a couple of years ago now. And the way that the email was worded, they said that there were a few influencers involved in the shoot, but the way they worded it, it put me on this pedestal. And they pretty much said that 
you're the one with the most followers. So we're going to give you this and we're going to give you more. And it made me feel really uncomfortable because I I thought, I I don't want to be treated differently just because I have a number of followers against my name. And they are just there that like, they're going to be there doing the same thing that I am. We should all be treated equally. I didn't want to be treated as if I was some kind of royalty. So that gave me the ick straight away. And then it was like listing what we want is, and it, it was just everything the way it was worded was what they wanted and what they were going to get out of me because I have X amount of followers. So they didn't ask if I wanted to be involved. It was like, this is what we're doing. We, yeah, we want to get you involved. Um, we see how many followers you have and that you have a lot of reach in Perth and people love you and you're great at content recreation and you're like this and that. And it just, I don't like suckholism. <laughs> Mm, yeah I really don't like that you don't have to suck up to me like I it just don't I, and it just made me feel gross and I don't yeah like don't treat me differently treat me like a normal person and like because and I don't even like saying normal because I don't want to put influences and people in like different categories you know like so <laughs> just a human yeah yeah like we're all humans right and I just felt like I was going to be treated differently just because of the number of yeah people and they saw me as a golden ticket and I didn't actually relate to the businesses involved anyway so it was like baby products or something and they wanted oh that's right and they wanted me to post on my page so I wasn't actually going to be getting anything the only thing that I would be really getting is content to post on my page but it wouldn't be relevant to me although thinking back now it probably would be beneficial because I do have a lot of mums that follow me um yeah they would benefit from the businesses involved however it would be a bit random if I was like involved in it because then people would be like but you don't have a kid so that's a bit weird yeah yeah totally and I think that the thing that you really pointed out there was like first of all making sure it's a brand match um yeah. they sounds like the thing that really turned you off there and the ick really came from they treated you like a person with with numbers next to your name yeah they didn't care who I was or what I could do and bring it was more what we're going to get out of it yeah yeah they saw me as a golden ticket and they were like we're gonna get so much read we're gonna get follow like the whole point is to get followers and I was like wow okay like and that puts a lot of pressure on me and I'm only really gonna get photos that I don't actually need because my husband's a photographer and we can go out and take photos ourselves so true and it's just like don't treat influencers like they're just a number like and you know look at their numbers and it's so funny because Alicia and I who guys if you don't know Alicia is my podcast manager and one of the things that we discussed the other day was like who are we going to have on the podcast and you know of course it would be beneficial for us if we just had people who have big numbers next to their names but that's not the kind of podcast that I want to run I want to run a podcast who are literally so inspiring and who have a really cool story to tell and to share can come on and share their story. And we were talking about other people that she's worked with in the past and how, you know, they'll be like, oh, I want to get this person on the podcast. And she's like, yeah, cool. Why? Like, what kinds of questions do you want to ask them? And they're like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. I just wanted to make, <laughs> I just wanted, to, I just wanted to reach their audience, you know? Yeah. And that's where it's icky guys. Like that's where mm. it's icky. Like, 
Pick influencers that you love. Pick influencers that have the right ideal client for you. Pick influencers that you really fucking resonate with and that you really enjoy and want to hang out with. And those people are going to help you sell your stuff so much faster. And they're going to also feel really connected and aligned. Like if I was reaching out to you to ask you to influence for me for something and I was willing to pay you and there was something that was in it for you, you would say yes, because our our goals are aligned, our visions are aligned and our audiences are aligned. And so it would make more sense, you know? Absolutely. You want to make it as easy as possible for the person that you're proposing your collaboration to to say yes you're not like overcomplicating it leaving too much out not giving enough information not introducing yourself it works so much easier if you build the relationship first and I know that not a lot of businesses have the time to do that but I have businesses every day that are like the same businesses that engage in my content I now know who they are because their name pops up in my dms or they pop up on my posts so I'm there's that familiarity there I can't say that word my god um but I like I I recognize them and so if one of those people slid into my DMs and like I'd actually really love to work with you how is it that I can go about that that's where we would go from there um I did have someone slide into my DMs recently they just followed me to be able to send me the DM asking they they put their whole proposal in they put in do you want to collaborate this is what I'm offering they showed the value of it but the value wasn't even a quarter of what it is if I were to do a post on my page and then like the deliverables that they were expecting was a real a post and a story of three story sets so that is a whole package right and for me to do that that's a full production but the value of what I was would be getting didn't match the exchange but also she didn't investigate me more or know enough to see if what she was offering was aligned with me and I will tell you now that I absolutely would not go down that path at all and so I was like why are you proposing this to me it didn't make sense and you're just you it seemed like a copy and paste message and that she was just scanning through Instagram to find influencers that had a big following so and to like saying this is what you're going to get but also like it doesn't match what I can give totally and I love that about you because you do stick so true to your values and I think that it is something that you know I know we've spoken about this before but you've had companies you know uh, like you know sexual product companies and stuff come to you and ask you to promote their stuff and it's like that's just actually not you know that that's in your value stream or that your audience would resonate with and because of that and because you didn't feel 100% heck yes comfortable with it or think 100% heck yes this is the mm. right thing for me and for my audience then you say no and it doesn't matter the price point that could be attributed to that or it doesn't kind of brand it could be a huge nationwide like could be a huge um universe-wide worldwide universe-wide i know what you mean yeah yeah like a a, a well-recognized brand and i just simply have to walk away and touching back on that I had been asked in the past to do um, sexual products, but at the time when I was asked, I was working for a corporate company. And so it's only been in the last year where I have really kind of started to step in and not really give a shit what, like, you know, I feel more comfortable being me and and opening up and, and like showing more of who I am around my friends. So, you know, they're products that are in my drawer, but <laughs> you may not see me posting about them. But, you know, back then when I was at, the casino, I, I knew I couldn't post about that because I had patrons following me. I had staff following me and I was always very mindful of the things that I said yes to. So, and I did feel like back then, and that would have been eight years on Instagram of me dulling myself down and 
you know, not being, I guess not prudish because I'm so, I am open-minded, but I was just very cautious of what I was doing. But yeah, back then, but now I'm kind of like, like last week I, I went and supported my friend Rosie Ree. She has the Yoni Pleasure Palace and she has these amazing squirt blankets and I didn't buy it for that purpose, but I spoke about it on my stories and someone said, do you know what, Ashy, I love that you've gone from so I used to, I used to call my period jelly beans because I'm so immature. And <laughs> she goes, I love that you've gone from jelly beans to, hey, here's my squirt blanket on Instagram. And you're just like embracing who you are. And so I think, yeah, I just really wanted to touch on that as well because yeah, I, I'm kind of stepping into how beautiful the that we get to do that guys. And, and a, a huge reminder to anyone listening that like, you can transform at any minute and you can change yeah. in it. And while you may have said two years ago to products like that, now you're like, you know, this actually feels totally fine. And I feel really comfortable. And actually, if I can empower one other woman to feel really comfortable in this as well, then it's worth me sharing and me posting about. And that is like, you get to choose that. And it's not like yeah. the, the best thing about transformation is like, yeah, you've changed and you're different and you feel more comfortable with that. And like how beautiful that like other people get to witness you in that growth and in that change. Like, yeah, I thought that was really cool. And it is okay to change your mind and, you know, step into your true self and find out these things about yourself that you're openly just yeah, embracing. A woman? Like, yeah. <laughs> desires. Like, <laughs> So talk to me though, because I know that like you're a busy woman and you spoke about burnout and, and you know, I know mm-hmm. my that we're busy, but realistically that's your life and my life. And, you know, we have a lot of things on the boil. We have a lot of things that we have interest in and, and that we are working towards and goals and desires. And you're also balancing a life and uh, a husband and a dog and a little family and a new home and, you know, everything else that happens in, in Ashy's world. How do you find the juggle? How do you balance it? When you find out the answers to that, can you let me know? <laughs> so we don't balance it. <laughs> so how does it look in your world? I love, I love that you're honest about it. <laughs> so I think I'm going to have a great week. And so I'll sit there at like Sunday and I'll plan out my week. But with what I do, sometimes deadlines change or the weather will be, I can see the weather's going to be great one day, but the day that I planned on going outside and shooting is going to be crap. So I need to adjust everything. So I think allowing that grace to just like, okay, that's that plan's not going to go to plan, but we're still going to get it done. You're just all over the shop. <laughs> so I am working on having some sort of structure and sticking to days where, you know, on Wednesdays might be my podcast recording days. On Thursdays, I might go out and shoot content. Fridays is when I go to appointments because I've recognized recently that, oh my God, everything is just all over the place. And I was making myself too available to too many different things throughout the week and there was no flow. And so that's when I think that overwhelm starts to set in and you don't have that balance. Whereas if you can get some structure going, I've been getting up early and I've only just started uh, meditating last week after all these years. Um, so I've been doing this course and she takes you through a meditation, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what the special word for it is. And it's four minutes. So the first thing I do, I have my headphones there next to my bed when I wake up and just practicing being still. I'm like, wow, huh? how pretty is the sky over there? I never recognized that little plant that was in our garden. We have a bird bath. What? <laughs> like, 
just recognizing and being still. And you, I see people post about it all the time and I follow people that talk about it. I'm like, what do you mean? Why do you say that it's so easy? And once you actually do it, it's like, huh, that's why. It really takes four minutes. It's so crazy because I think people think that meditating is this, you know, we all, everyone knows, everyone, you hear it. Like, you know, you're like, I should be meditating. You know, yeah, I should be meditating. But it's when you are thinking that you have to meditate for an entire bloody hour, sit there with a the straight back like Buddha and, you know, <laughs> like on the ground with your om hands out. And it's, it doesn't have to be like that. It gets to be like six minutes. Like we use headspace and it's eight minutes. And Tim and I do one eight-minute meditation a day and that's enough just to like lower the nervous system and bring you back down to a different energy level. And it doesn't have to be a lot. So I love that you're doing that. Talk to me about how you navigate things with Alex because I know like it must be really hard being that he's like he kind of works with you and then like how that dynamic works in your relationship. Yeah, there could always be room for improvement, I'm sure. So he does real estate photography throughout the week and Friday is his day to do his things and he has other corporate clients that he works for as well and so he's always catching up on work. So he'll come home. And then he'll have to import his photos and then edit and all of that. So he's working until 10 o'clock at night. And so it's on weekends or Fridays where I'm like, hey, so I kind of need you to help me. And I also need to be respectful of his time because I know that I need my day where I just don't have to do anything for anyone else. I'm not giving anyone anything of me. It's just my day to maybe even just sit and do nothing. Maybe I just want to lay on the bed. Maybe I just want to sit on the couch. Maybe I just want to hang out with my dog. And he needs that as well. So again, it's that balance and finding out, okay, so if I know that we've got an important project and we're both involved in it, I'll let him know that, hey, and we'll block out the calendar and I'll ask him if he's able to take off half a day or whatever. So we do have to schedule that in, but yeah, it's finding that balance and I can get pretty frustrated if I have an idea on something and like when I'm working against a deadline, I get I start to feel that pressure and I'm like, oh, I just want to get it done. And um, he's very patient. He's amazing. So yeah, it's like with every relationship, it, it's going to have the struggles in it, but we always seem to get it done. Hmm. Yeah, so I think it comes down to that, like really like and for anyone listening, and, and obviously, like, guys, you can listen to my podcast with Tim where we actually dive into this. But for anyone listening, I think it really does come down to, like, really good communication. Like, and mm. he's not feeling it on that day and you really need him, but he's really like, oh, you can tell he's just off. It's just about, like, really understanding that your relationship actually comes first before yeah. business and before your, you know, deadline or before anything else. And so it's so important to just make that space and time for each other and to like maybe walk out of the lounge room, see that he's just not going to be in the mood today, given that he might just be really lazy or really tired and like not pushing each other on things and, and having that yeah. effect and those boundaries in place with each other to love each other enough to go, you know what, another day, you know? Yeah. yeah. And being okay with that. And if I can't use him for something can I outsource it? So I'll ask him, like, hey, do you want to be involved in this? Obviously, I pay him. He, he's giving me his expertise and I believe in equality. So he needs to be compensated as well because then there's really no benefit to him. He's, and, and yeah, people might say as well, you just help out your wife. But when you're doing the same job all day, every day, you, you don't get a time to switch off. So I need to be respectful, yeah, of his time and just finding that balance. 
For sure. And like when Tim helps me out in my business, I pay him as well because mm. like his time is sugar mama. Yeah, look at us. But, <laughs> but and vice versa. Like if I was gonna go in and coach in his gym, you know, I would be expected to be paid for that. Like I'm not gonna yeah. go in and coach 10 sessions for free. Like I got shit to do, you know? Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. It is so important that like if he comes in and he helps me out, like if he gives me 10 hours of his time, like I want to compensate. And like, so for example, the way sometimes it, it's different, like I don't know how you pay Alex, but sometimes like I um, you know, we'll just save it up, like a heap of pay up, and then I'll be like, yeah, oh, same. here's a new MacBook. Or like, cool, here's like, you know, a lump sum of cash. Or here's like a really for Christmas, I think I got like a pair of running shoes from him, which is totally <laughs> cute. Yes. I'm not a big deal. I'm not a big gifty person, I'm not super gifty. We didn't even do gifts. Yeah, exactly. So I just got to pick a pair. I was like, I need some new running shoes. So you got me some running shoes. And I bought him a MacBook and people were like, oh, that seems a bit unfair. And I was like, yeah, but that's actually payment. <laughs> like yeah. that was payment for heaps of work that he did for me. <laughs> like that's why he got a MacBook and I got a pair of shoes. Like Amazing. It's great. And like you're getting something that you actually need and appreciate and wanted. And so it's a good exchange. But yeah. <laughs> Love it. So to wrap things up, Ashley, like what do you think it really takes to be an influencer? Oh my God, I just heard Kim Kardashian's stupid advice that came and went viral recently. And she's like, yeah, just gotta step up and work. But honestly, like, it, you know, you need to be able to have that creative mind and be able to follow instruction, be work, be able to work against deadlines. Good communication skills is so important. And because, you know, you, you're talking with big brands and they want a quick turnaround. When something comes through, they want to know, can you do it? Yes or no? What are the rates? Da, 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 and get the ball rolling. Get the product sent out to you. Can you shoot it? Shoot it by a deadline. Organization skills. Like I've been asked this question a lot where people have asked, do you think that everyone can be an influencer? And in the past, I've said, oh, anyone can be an influencer. But Now that I think about it more, I think that anyone can have influence, but not everyone can be an influencer. Like you pointed out, like you don't like to create content. It's just not your thing. Some people have an eye for it better than others. Sometimes, some people, it just comes naturally. Like you wouldn't be a graphic designer if if you weren't interested in design. It's It's the same thing. It's like, if you want to be a content creator, you have to have an interest in creating content. You have to have an interest in lighting and angles in taking yeah. photos and editing in like caption writing and copywriting like you have to have an interest absolutely but also can you captivate an audience can you build a community and that's something that I'm big on and I wouldn't have been able to do any of the things without the support of them behind me a lot of things like back in my comp days there were voting competitions and thanks to my audience, they helped me win a lot of online competitions where I got to go overseas or like go to Bali and do photo shoots and stuff. And so it was because I built that rapport with my online community that they helped me, you know, I took the time to get to know them and they helped me win trips. (laughs) But it's like, I've continued to, you know, build that community through to Instagram over the years as well. So being able to do that and, you know, putting in the time to engage with your comments and your dms and i think you you get back what you put out Mm, i love that so much i i totally would agree that i don't think everyone can be an influencer i think you can probably build a following you could probably Mm. build an audience but i do think that what you do is very special and i think that the way you influence in particular and i haven't seen many people like you babe honestly that put as much time, energy, and effort into what you do. It's been, it's blown my mind and it's totally changed the way that I see the content creation world because I actually genuinely am like, 
kudos to you guys because it's a lot of work. It's a big commitment and it's many hours and that deserves to be compensated, which is why you guys ask for payment and you don't do stuff for free. So I love that so much, Ashley. Talk to us about your influencer coaching. How can we leverage your brain more if we wanted to know more about you? Yeah. So if you are a small business and you're wanting to know like uh, influencers for me, I, I I have a questionnaire if you want to fill that in first um, or send me an email because I don't think that influences are for everybody. And I've had a few weird inquiries come through, even for collaboration requests and stuff. I'm like, well, influencers don't really work for that or like it doesn't align kind of thing. So yeah, send it through an email to figure out like, is it right for you? Is that the path that you want to go down? Because you may want a brand enthusiast. You may want an ambassador. You may want an influencer. And these are all different levels of things that we can then tailor to what you need. I can go through who they are, what they do, how to find them, how to put together a proposal, how like pitches. And I'm sure that you do pitches as well in your online program, but also like how to build those relationships I, I know a lot of people, so I might be able to give some recommendations on influencers that are reputable within the industry, but also what to include in an agreement. So how to structure that, how to find them. And so you don't necessarily always have to have a contract, but an agreement in place just so that you know like what is going to be expected for the deliverables, the outline, the yeah, exchange. And so it's all very clear. But yeah, we can go through all of that. So good. And I do know Ashley also does some influencer mentoring. So if becoming an influencer is something that you are thinking about doing, I know know you only have one or two spots usually available at any one time, but if you're wanting to become an influencer or know about the influencing world and how you can step into it. And because like we've spoken about today, there's so much to it from photography to branding to, you know, colors and creativity and aesthetic and, and negotiating on terms and all of the things. Ashley is an incredible wealth of knowledge when it comes to influencers. So you can go and hit her up where's the best place to find you you can find me on instagram under it's ashley jade and my calendly where you can book the coaching is all attached to that as well as well as my email and yeah you can find me on the gram my website i still haven't posted it (laughs) (laughs) your business coach disapproves (laughs) i know i'm terrible No, all good. Babe, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your generous wealth of knowledge and your beautiful authenticity that radiates through. It is such an honor, as always, to have you on the mic and to have you in my world. Oh, um, thanks, Steph. So nice. Guys, whatever you loved from today's episode, please take a screenshot of this episode and make sure to tag us both on Instagram so that we can see your biggest takeaway. We would love to see it. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. My personal mission is to help women just like you to grow their business and give you the advice and insights you need to make your business go boom. And as part of my commitment to that mission, I have created a mini course called the Boom Your Biz mini course, and I want to offer it to you completely for free. So in this three-part mini course, you're going to learn how to identify and attract the perfect clients that you actually love to work with. You'll learn an easy and effective way to build your core offer and increase the amount of people that actually take you up on that offer and how to generate endless high quality leads absolutely free. 
Included in this free mini course is exclusive training. I give you templates and processes that you can follow and implement in your business right now to start seeing results straight away. The value of this mini course, guys, is $497, but I'm giving it to you completely for free. So if you're ready to level up and take action, use the link in my show notes to download this mini course. I'll see you next episode.